The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards with Carrie. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And let's just get to it. Pretty eventful day today. They signed Byron Jones, my number one target. I put it on fivereasonsports.com. I had a wish list of three guys. It seems like one is in limbo, which is Melvin Gordon. The other one is Andres Pete, which we haven't heard from today. But number one, I had Byron Jones. He is on board. Five years, 82 0.5 million dollars 57 million guaranteed 40 million in the first two years simon your thoughts yeah i mean i think it's a i think it's the he's the premier player in free agency in terms of the non uh, tagged guys and uh, when you look away from the tom brady's and, and those sorts of things but you know def- certainly the best defensive player on the market and the dolphins managed to land him and all of a sudden you know brian flores covets defensive backs more than pretty much any coach not called bill belichick in the nfl and all of a sudden he's got you know, the two highest paid corners in the league that will make up 15% of the of the salary cap. But by God, they're good ones. You know, Xavier and Howard, Byron Jones. You talk about, you know, Byron Jones, just an athletic super freak. can play free safety, did so up until two years ago. I think in 2018, he was the best corner in the NFL, not called Stephon Gilmore. Still had a really good year last year. Doesn't get a lot of interceptions, but, you know, two guys that can just sit on an island. And, you know, I think that's a, you know, Jones is a great, I think all three of us were, coveting Jones from a long, long way out. You know, we, I just went back and looked at our WhatsApp conversations and all three of us were sort of, for six months, have been talking about, wouldn't it be amazing if he'd get Byron Jones and boom, <laughs> we got him. So, yeah, kudos. Yeah, Chris, you should be happy. We've been talking about this for a while now. Yeah, I think when we did our mock off season, I think to, we we had Byron Jones as pretty much the headliner, right? Yeah, I mean, this is, as, as Simon says, this is the biggest free agent on the market. And, the Dolphins were the biggest players in free agency this year as far as cap space is concerned. So they nailed them. And I think they had to lean on the other teams in order to do it. They clearly guaranteed and front-loaded the contract a little bit more than maybe other teams were willing to do. Um, that's what you do when you're the, you're the chip leader. And um, and they nailed them. They, they got them. I think that's a really cool thing. I think it's something to be excited about. Uh, I, the thing that I would caution a little bit and, uh, is that I do have visions dancing in my head of both Xavier Howard and Byron Jones being locked down corners on, on either side, but yeah. I can't help but think this is also an insurance policy on Xavier Howard too, because Absolutely. we don't know, we don't know Xavier. I doubt that Xavier's got, got issues with suspension with the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he does clearly have injury issues and we're not sure. Dealt? 
yeah, it, it's a, it's got to be a possibility, uh, and I think that it's one that we should keep that in mind before we. Because I, I already see on Twitter, everybody, oh my God, we have the strongest lockdown secondary in in the league. We have Byron Jones and uh, Xavier Howard and Eric Rowe and and Bobby McCain. Well, first off, I'm I'm not sure I buy that because of the Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain stuff. But um, but seriously, like keep this in mind that we could see something happen happen with Xavier Howard and. One of the reasons I say so, you know, they gave Xavier that big contract last year. And right away, there was a little bit of rumor and innuendo going on about Xavier behind behind the scenes after they traded Laramie Tunsil. And a lot of speculation on are they going to have to trade Xavier and Howard now? And let's just face, let's face it, that it's because we heard that he had to be talked off the ledge. Um, and maybe that doesn't impress somebody like Brian Flores that much. I don't know. Maybe maybe the the stuff that happened during the off season with Xavier and Howard getting arrested doesn't impress some people with the Dolphins very. very. Just have to find out. Um, but I would I would not go so far as to say to to really be gung ho about these two as a pair yet, because there could be another shoe to drop. But this is a great signing, a great move. It's essentially the same money as Xavier and Howard got. It's an upgrade on Xavier and Howard, if that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Or it's a pair of lockdown corn. This is, this is Brian Flores' as Stephen Gilmore. That's yeah. who this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I said it on, on Five Reasons Sports. I wrote about it. I said it on this podcast. The easiest way, the quickest way to get relevant in this league is to be elite at something. And as of right now, if Xavier Howard is healthy, and that's an ask, and it's been an ask for the, the at least the last two years, if he's healthy and Byron Jones is healthy, and I kind of like Eric Rowe. I like what Eric Rowe did for our team, uh, at least in the second half of the year last year. Nick Needham came on a bit. I don't know if Bobby McCain is long for this team. But you got to say that the secondary is now a, a real strength on this team. And I'm looking at Xavier Howard's contract here. And it's interesting that on the out years, we're going to spend somewhere around 18% of the cap, uh, you know, currently on these two guys. And as of right now, we're spending 15%. So it actually goes up a little bit, but that's, you know, based on the cap this year. So you got to think that if it dips below 15% on two guys that are elite in 2022 2023 that we're actually you know it's it's actually a really good deal to have both of these guys on that contract past 2022 you know if of course all is well but yeah i've seen adam beasley talking about it today we're spending 30 percent of the cap on the secondary and you know 15 percent on these two guys yeah it's you know it's big but like i said if you want to be relevant in this league be good at something and theoretically, the Dolphins are now good at one thing. They can stop the pass with their secondary. Now they got to get pass rushers. All right, and speaking of pass rushers, they signed Shaq Lawson from Buffalo, um, an old Marion Hobby charge. Uh, Simon, you had some thoughts. You were lukewarm on it. I'm lukewarm on it as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I get, I get what they're doing. Uh, there's clearly a plan. It's young, sort of, apart from Jones and uh, – the guy before he's in his second name. Um, they're clearly looking at those sort of <clears throat> arrow up ish young 
potentially hungry guys at the end of a first contract who have started to show some form. I mean, look, Lawson and Flowers, both 25. Um, and Shaq Lawson, you know, Chris mentioned him kind of mid-season, really, in terms of um, a guy that we would potentially target and mentioned it in the WhatsApp group and stuff. I mean, I'm just looking at it now. Miami probably going to sign Shaq Lawson, just saying. Um, and you replying, he makes an absolute ton of sense. Uh, can't see the date on that, but, um, you know, that's that's kind of what we were talking about and you know he played he played well in that he that in that he's kind of a new england guy six and a half sacks he's heavy-handed he can really you know he's a he's a physical physical guy and he's exactly the you know he's exactly the kind of guy that you'd expect us to be going after in terms of what he brings to the table that skill set whether or not he can pick up and improve on that six and a half sacks remains to be seen but as one of you just said marion hobby knows him better than anybody he recruited him to clemson um and we shall, we shall see what happens. But he's certainly better than any pass rusher that we've got on the roster, um, certainly for the defensive end position in terms of, you know, not counting Vince Beagle because he's a, a potential free agent. But, you know, it, this is certainly an upgrade on Charles Harris. So you would hope that he is not the final piece to the, to the pass rushing um, conundrum that the Dolphins face. But, you know, it, it's certainly an improvement on what we have now for what doesn't seem like an, a huge amount of money. Yeah, I would, one thing, so this year he played a lot of right right end, um, which was a little bit different from previous years with Buffalo. His his efficiency was great this year. It was probably the first time that his, his pass rush efficiency went into the, um, not the stratosphere, but into an area that's, uh, that's occupied by very good players. So obviously arrow up. Uh, Marion Hobby has experience with him, so they must think that they can get the best out of him. The contract, I think, probably shocked a few people, but you got to keep in mind that in this free agency with this salary cap and the forward prospects for future salary caps, $10 million a year is, is the old $7 million a year. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, that's, that's kind of what it is. Um, and there is some I talk, think, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but there is some talk on Twitter that he was going back to Buffalo for eight, and Miami swooped in at 10 and took him. Yeah, I, I think that this is also about weakening a division opponent. But it's, seriously, one thing that you have to look at is his versatility. And that's the thing that I would highlight. Because if you go back to Clemson, for Marion Hobby and Clemson, you watch him play. He, was, he played a lot of stand-up position. He played a lot of uh, right outside linebacker, essentially, with uh, the Clemson Tigers, uh, with his hand off the ground. And yet he would be perfect and very, very suitable for Miami to play sort of a crash end position uh, occupied by Avery Young um, and some other players on the Miami roster. So, so they can move him all over. Uh, he can, he can play over where Vince Beagle played as a right out, a rushing right outside linebacker, if you want him to, uh, or he can play on the other side and be um be kind of a crash end or he can or he can be down there as a right defensive end on pass rushing downs on specialty downs uh i think there's a lot of versatility there and i think that that's why ultimately they've got him is is not just that they have experience it's not playing favorites it's that there's a versatility with him that they're probably finding attractive yeah, and we've talked about it on this podcast before. They needed some some guys to do certain roles, and now they have a guy that's going to take a lot of snaps and can't play the five tech. He can play all along the, the defensive line from three out to nine. So 
yeah, they needed that versatility and they got a guy that's going to do it. Now, is he going to be great at it? I don't know, but he's going to be, he's going to play a role in this defense and a role that was desperately needed. Could they have done better? Hmm. Well, you know, we, we got to wait and see. He was good well, last also year. Also, keep in mind who got franchised. Yes. Like everybody, everybody yeah. got franchised. Everybody. Anybody who was yes. anybody at the, at that pass rush position got franchised. Mm-hmm. And well, now we got to move on to, we've said the good. <laughs> now let's move on to the bad. Eric Flowers for most of his career has just been a bad player. Now, the last eight games last year, played him at left, uh, left guard for the Washington Redskins. You could say he was actually pretty good. And, you know, at least PFF is a big fan of his. And I've seen some of his tape, if we could call it that. And it's iffy. His numbers were all right. If you, you could go to Washington Post and they got offensive line stats and his numbers were pretty good. He had one penalty the second half of the year and he allowed two sacks all season. So, okay, he was good for eight games, but 30 million, 10 million a year, almost 20 million guaranteed. Like we're paying that for eight games, Simon? Um, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of the deal and it felt like it was a sort of, they were expecting Joe Tooney and all of a sudden that happened. But I've seen some of his take from the second half of the season and it's not too bad. It's certainly better than anything we've got on the roster. Um, no, that's the, the, fl- yeah, the flip side. Sure. Well, yeah, for sure. The flip side to that though is that, you know, congratulations, you're better than Michael Dieter is hardly a ringing endorsement. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, I, I look, I remain to be, I remain to be convinced. Um, I don't think the Dolphins are very good at identifying offensive line men. Um, I thought it was disappointing that Graham Glasgow was allowed to go to Detroit because I thought it was an infinitely better Denver because I thought it was an infinitely better player. And I do have some information um, on that. I'm told that the Dolphins never had a, a chance, and I don't think they'd even spoke to him. He was locked in to Denver at 12 o'clock. Right. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I mean... <sighs> Yeah, it's yeah. It's, I mean, his left tackle tape frightens the hell out of me. But well, I don't think it's a head scratcher per se. But I don't, I don't like it. But we'll see. I look, I mean, he's coming back to Miami. He's young. He's twenty five. Um, yes. He played. He did play better. To give him his due, he did play better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's a remarkable story. And he's just a kid. So you, you know, and he was. You know, the knock on him as well. It's certainly, the you know, I've got a good friend who's a a Giants fan I trust him on a lot of Giants things and Kerry told me that you know the, the knock on him for the first two years was that he dogged it he was lazy um, but maybe he's changed it. I know he's married he's got kids um, so maybe he's just matured a little bit I mean he's 25 I mean we all did he's 25 he's been playing for four years he was yeah. he was 21 years old I mean yeah. he's been playing so, for five years sorry he's <laughs> he was a 20 year old yeah so you know, let's go. I'm prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, look, if all of a sudden the, the, the starting offensive line the next season is Trent Williams, Eric Flowers, Cesar Ruiz, Jesse Davis, Lucas Niang, I'm not going to be overly disappointed. It's better than it was. So let, let, let's see how it plays out. I mean, I think a lot of chips have to fall on that offensive line. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I th- so a couple of things. This is not the first time we've heard his name. So, yes, I have looked at at what he did in the second half of the season, but really the the whole season at um, at left guard. And I wanted to see him at his worst. I wanted to see him at his best. And I was not unimpressed. You know, it was it was pretty good. I 
I see what you're saying. I, I think that you've brought up contract year and that's, that's something to, to consider. And the fact that he had a good year all of a sudden or a good half a year. Um, and I think that you have to look at that as being conspicuous, but at the same time, if what I saw on tape was what he is at left guard, it's not too bad. And to be honest, I, I think that maybe the the left tackle work is was while it was certainly not good if you're talking about uh the if you're talking about comparing his left tackle work to your top swing backup which last year was Jamarcus Webb uh it's better than that and I think that um I think that so break a break in case of emergency break glass in case of emergency left tackle that is Cross your starting left guard yeah, but but Simon, yeah, no, we I'm just done. watched. We just lived through a whole year of Jamarcus Webb at left tackle, and <laughs> all right. So and, and Ryan and Fitzpatrick and pining for Julian Davenport to, to show his and, yeah, pining for Julian Davenport, and then and then puking when Davenport actually made it on the field. I mean, it was it was bad. It was as bad as it gets. We've never seen a left tackle that bad going back to Spencer Falau. Okay, so yeah. I, I think that I think that a little bit of perspective on that one, and also you know. Ryan Fitzpatrick somehow lived through the year with those guys. <laughs> and you think Tua Tungavailoa is going to live through the year with, with, with guys like that, with Jamarcus Webb and stuff like that? And one person goes down or one rookie isn't quite ready. And then it's like, oh, shit. You know, so um, I, think that, I think that a breaking case of gla- uh, emergency left tackle, who is your starting left guard and played kind of well at left guard lately, it's it's something and i i get that the money is a little bit like i said this 10 million dollar a year thing is the new seven yeah um and so and what they've essentially done with the guaranteed money is just say okay he's here for two years no matter what um and i you're on the hook for that i i I get that but i it doesn't it doesn't bother me too much i would have liked better i i think we all we all would have like to see Graham Glasgow or I mean certainly Joe Tooney who got franchised just before the start of all this mm-hmm. so that was off the table Andres Pete would have been a lot more expensive um, he was a lot like this though he'd be like a, a an emergency backup at left tackle as well um, it wasn't really that good at left tackle either uh, so I think that I think that it fits it gives you some versatility. You've got somebody to replace Michael Dieter, thank God. You're moving Michael Dieter over to center, which I've said since the day he was drafted. I said that that's his position. Um, and we'll see how it goes there because you've released Daniel Kilgore. Mm-hmm. So you haven't got a center except Michael Dieter, really. Uh, so we'll see. You possibly upgraded two positions. And is that so bad? No, it really isn't. If we get the guy that played the last eight games, and it's and it's strange because and PFF, you know, we you know we don't know if we. I know that Simon has his his beef with their how they rate offensive yeah. linemen, and I'm not <laughs> sure how the hell they rate offensive linemen either. Yeah, okay, but according to them, and I, I guess you could say that the tape kind of checks out because you can see it. He was an unmitigated disaster the first eight games of the year, and he was actually playing at near pro bowl level the last eight games of the year and he ended up with some i guess some good numbers that you you know you got to say those are good numbers you allow two sacks you have five total penalties and four of them in the first half of the year you know i guess you know you're doing something you're playing good football okay now 
if they get that, if they get the guy that played those last eight games, yeah, this is a this is a home run signing, you know, because he's young enough that he could see the entire contract through, and who knows, maybe he he plays like he played those last eight games, and he might make a Pro Bowl for the Dolphins. So I guess we're just wishing and hoping with this signing, but I would have liked to seen them gone elsewhere. But as we've learned, you know, uh, you know, some of these guys have their own ideas of where they want to go, and. Graham Glasgow, a guy that a guy that all three of us, you know, wanted really like we wanted him to be a priority. Like he did, he wasn't interested at all, I guess, because he was locked in on mm. Denver at twelve. But so, no, Andres Pete. That's the I guess that's which the question. is strange to me. Yeah, it's strange to me because the Saints can't pay him. The Saints are trying to figure out how they're going right. to pay Drew Brees, and Andres Pete's just out there, and I don't know how much is he going to cost. Is he going to come? But I, I mentioned Glasgow before call? that they, the Dolphins and Saints have kind of a good relationship, right? Yeah. So it, it's not totally out of line to think that they might have talked about him. Um, and that could cut both ways. I mean, that could, that yeah. could be either Andres Pete likely to sign here because Saints are singing his praises, or it could be like, mm. <laughs> yeah, that could have so, been too, um, you know? Yeah. So I, was thinking, I was thinking, man, does Andres Pete, makes sense as a left tackle well the saints you know basically no, wanted him so. as a left tackle and the saints chased him out of the position went elsewhere played him at left guard and we're i guess relatively happy at it so i don't know if we want i did to... not like him at left tackle no, I, mean, I don't, know if yeah. we I don't like eric flowers at left tackle either but I no mean... no 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 that, that cannot happen <laughs> okay yeah, but i don't know if we wanted to experiment with him at left tackle so i would say that andrews pete is gone as far as a target because but why not Greg Robinson? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Has he gotten out of a Mexican clink yet? Or no? Uh, I, don't I mean, I don't think he's ever getting out of a Mexican clink, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Dolphins weren't done. One of my favorites, okay? And I, gotta, I guess I got I to say my goodbyes here, okay? I've spoken with him on the field after practice. Great guy. I think he's a great player, too. The only thing, he's a specialist. He only plays special teams. Doesn't contribute on defense at all, really. And that's Walt Aikens. It seems like they got his replacement, Simon. Yeah. Um, I, think he's the only, I think he's the first player ever in NFL history to have a touchdown with four E's in his second name, um, <laughs> which is good. Um, but I was, you know, I, I knew he was a bit of a special teams demon. I spoke to uh, Joe Goodbury, who's, um, if you don't follow him on Twitter, he's a, he's a good mm-hmm. guy, big Bengals fan. Um, and he said to me, you know, he, and I said, look, I know he's kind of the Walt Aikens special teams captain, probably a bit better on defense than Aikens was. And he's, he, he's, he put, that's really it. Great special teamer and an absolute nut job out there. Runs around like his head, head is on fire. Um, really just Googling him, really well respected by players. Um, seventh round pick, I think, um, and has played every single game's healthy. Um, and it was really funny, and I know it's it, it, it's um, it, it's funny, but we always used to joke about the, you know the Patriots just made such hay with kind of you know white receivers, you know white cornerbacks. Craig, mm-hmm. you know, the, if if Bill Belichick was if Craig Jones was still playing, Bill Belichick would have drafted him. For Jill, Fed would you dead, but Del Gideon is a white safety. Let's just call him Clayton, okay? Yeah, Clayton. Clayton's a white safety. He's a he's an archetypal New England pickup. So it was either going to be us or the Patriots. So. Yeah, but let, let, can I get you a, a little bit excited about Mr. Clayton Fedjadilla or whatever his last Clayton. name is? His combine 
Clayton. Four five four in the forty. Forty and a half vertical jump. Twenty reps. This guy's yeah. an athlete. Yeah. Chris, do you remember him? Or no? Why wouldn't you why wouldn't you think he would be an athlete? Uh <laughs> no comment. That's racist. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Graham to the Bears, two years, sixteen million. Uh, well, I mean, actually, hey, that you, nice segue there. Uh, what about the things that didn't happen today? What about the things that we saw and other teams do? And you know, stuff like we saw a big trade. We saw Nuke Hopkins go off somewhere else. We saw yeah, Bill O'Brien um, is for, drunk for David Johnson, right? That's, uh, that is. I'm a fan. I've been a fan of the NFL for 37 years. That's the worst. I, I genuinely think that's the worst trade I've ever, ever seen. Ever seen. Certainly. If certainly David Johnson is not done, he's done. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. All that right. Was, so yeah, you're, trading, really you're trading top two-ish, top three-ish wide receiver in the game? Yeah. Top two or what? But you know, can, at this point, at this point, do you even blame Bill O'Brien, or do you, after seeing what happened last year with what he gave us for Laramie Tunsil, yeah. um, do you do you just blame ownership for not hiring a GM? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. Say they so. don't have one, right? It's still yeah. just Bill O'Brien shooting from the hip. Yeah, it's just Bill O'Brien on his phone. Yeah, it, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy combination. Well. Let's close with this. There's still time. It's only, you know, day one. Okay, folks. So, you know, don't get too excited. Don't get too down. There's still time. What would you like to see going forward, Simon, like in the next, let's say, the next two or three days? I'd like to see a trade for Trent Williams. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that makes me feel significantly better um, moving forwards. Uh, I think that's where the How far are you willing to go? I think probably the third round pick and I might be potentially throw something in um, next year, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been out of the game for 18 months and, you know, whenever you tweet about it, people are like, he's 32. He's the, you know, come on, let's be realistic. He's been out of the game Jason for Jason Peters months. was all pro at 37. Okay. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, exactly. I, I just don't. I just don't buy that, you know, he's over the hill or you're people making out like he's 70 or something. It's just, it's just astonishing. He, he's like the, you know, the top two or three, David Bakhtiari, him. I mean, that's it. You know, and then there's mm-hmm. Tunsil and Ronnie Stanley and, you know, the, the, the Dallas left tackle who has been, not been particularly healthy for the last 18 months, but you know, Tyron Smith's right up yeah. there, but, you know, Trent Williams when he's healthy is as good as it is, and he played right tackle at Oklahoma because Phil mm. Lodeholt played left tackle, and the chances are we're going to be drafting a left-handed quarterback, so you can play him wherever you bloody well want to. Frankly, mm. um, that to me just makes an awful lot of sense. And already, then you're beginning to shore up that that offensive line. Uh, you know, are they done in the secondary? Because if not, Logan Ryan would make a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, depends what they're going to do with the nickel. Um, but, you know, I think from what felt like a sort of our come on start earlier on the last few hours, it's really kind of, it's evened out quite nicely. Yeah, I think Byron Jones to the rescue, really. Um, yeah. And and that's that's a hell of a rescue, though. So yeah. I think that's, uh, that's a really good start. Um, questions, questions that I have. I mean, if you look at the age, the ages of, of some of the guys that you're talking about, um, you know, be it uh, Eric Flowers being still only uh, 25 years old and 
Shaq, um, Shaq Lawson only being 25 years old as well. Uh, Byron Jones being, you know, er, his early 27 years old. Does that kind of give us an indication though of, of what's happening and what's still happening because it was, it was the same thing last year. And therefore I know that we're pining a little bit for Trent Williams and we'd all like to see it happen, Mm -hmm. but does it just seem like it's not, it's not destined to be, I mean, these, they're clearly going after these, these early 20 somethings. And, um, and maybe that, maybe that really doesn't fit. I know it would, everybody's worried about Tua's health, right? And we're still stuck on Tua, of course. Hmm. Um, everybody's worried about his health, thinking that like he's acting like he's going to break in the first game that he plays. Well, certainly one way to help him be healthy is having a guy like Trent Williams protecting him. Uh, so I get having him early. I get having him for, you know, three, four, five years, who knows, um, paying him the money because he's worth it. I get all of that, but maybe, maybe that sort of logic just doesn't play for the dolphins purely because of his age. And they might be showing that in their pattern already, just as they have all last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's hard to get your hopes up a little bit. I would like to see something done at the running back position because I would like to free that position up for, you know, listen, we talk about Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, and if those two are the pair, that's great. But um, I don't feel great about the safety position. I, I, I think that uh, Eric Rowe was all right, but he's not a typical strong safety as far as being able to uh, be a factor in the run game and uh, be a very strong player. I think that he's sort of a um, – a matchup guy and a matchup at the tight end position and in pass pro or pass protection or not protection, sorry, uh, pass defense. Um, and then of course you've got Bobby McCain, a free safety. And I just think that that's, it, it wasn't an unmitigated disaster, but in a way it kind of was because he was destined to get hurt and that's what he did. He got hurt. And, um, and also he wasn't very good before he got hurt. So you still need help there, and I'd like to free up that second-round pick for I, – I know we all love Ashton um, – was Ashton Davis, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Or Antoine Winfield. Like Wouldn't you love to free up one of, those, one of those picks for Ashton Davis or Antoine Winfield rather than J.K. Dobbins or, um, you know, somebody like Cat, Cam Akers, something like Get something done at the running back position. Whether it's – it could be a trade. It could be Melvin Gordon. I don't care. Get something done now so that you free that up and then you can take care of that safety spot. Yeah. I agree. And I agree with everything that both of you said, and I will go a twofer. I, I would trade for Trent Williams and I'd go after Melvin Gordon. Cause I've said it before. And speaking of things that we wanted to see happen, we've, you know, it's, we've mentioned this guy's name 5,000 times on this podcast. I wrote about him. Everybody here has written about him. Calvin Noy is now a Miami dolphin, Simon. This day keeps getting better. Yeah, four years, 51 million. Um, that's big time spending for the Dolphins. But, you know, he is a pretty perfect scheme fit. You know, he goes back to play under the coach that he knows so well in Brian Flores. I mean, he was used more extensively as a pass rusher last season than I think at any other point during his career. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it how it plays out. Obviously, he was, was in Detroit um, to begin with. But he's just yet another movable piece who knows the scheme. Um, 
he is that kind of true hybrid linebacker who can, you know, rush the passer, who can, who can cover really good pass rushing skills. Um, uh, and I suppose you'd say a, a completely coveted skill set for, for somebody that wants to play that, that Brian Flores defense. I think I, I looked at stats when I wrote that thing for the website yesterday. I think he had 60 pressures, eight sacks and 45 hurries. I'm going to say last season, which is, um, which is pretty decent. Um, in anybody's book. So all of a sudden now Shaq Lawson, Carl Van Noy, you know, and that, that potentially takes Caleb on chase on out of the, out of the running, you know, that, that removes another possibility in the, you know, with one of those early picks um, mm-hmm. in terms of the draft, all of a sudden you think, okay, that's, you know, there's left and right potentially uh, with Beagle, maybe takes that born out of the, out of the running as well. There's um, yeah. Interesting, interesting move. Well, one thing we've talked about all this time, who are they going to get as an edge player, I guess? And who fits them? Like, what, what's their style? We talked about Jadavian Clowney last year, of course, and, and we know that the Dolphins were on the verge of trying to get him. Uh, but what, what he's good at, what is he good at? He's, he's an, a specimen, but he's good at defending the run. He's an all-around yeah. player. He's versatile, Jadavian Clowney was speaking. He's not a pass rusher. I mean, we look at mm. – we talked about Yannick Ngakwe. Um, he is a good player, and he is a unique pass rusher. He's got speed around on the edge. That's not their style. Like, he got, he got franchise tagged anyway, but that's not their style. The, their style is somebody who's a good all-around player, and that's what Kyle Van Noy is. He's good against the run. He does damage in, as a pass rusher, um, you know, more than Vince Beagle does. And he can be used – I mean, the more jobs you can do, the better for this style of defense because this is they, – they try to be a positionless defense. We just talked about – it's funny because during the break, I started looking I – I haven't been paying attention to anything all day because the market is literally just imploding, um, and that's my job. So – I. I, I just went ahead and looked. I was I was going to bring up, I was like, you know, despite sh- signing Shaq Lawson, I would look out for Kyle Van Noy anyway. And so I started doing the Twitter search. And I was like, oh, it looks like the Jets are going to get him. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, literally within 30 seconds, it's like, oh, we signed him. Um, so it makes a lot of sense opposite Shaq Lawson because, as I said before, Shaq Lawson has versatility. He can play – a couple of different positions and so can uh, Kyle Van Noy. And now you've got the versatility with, you know, say if Jerome Baker sticks on, he's got versatility in that defense. Um, and you've got a, a kind of a straight Mike linebacker and Raekwon McMillan. I think that this all, this all fits together really well. Uh, the odd man out is we talked about Javon Hargrave being a potentially attractive target and maybe Absolutely. somebody the Dolphins would be interested in. He just signed with the Eagles for three years, 39 millions. They had to get somebody. I mean, we, we stole Byron Jones from them. Um, so they're not, they're not going to get um, – the Dolphins aren't going to get Javon Hargrave, but that doesn't bother me as much. I think they're remaking this defense in Brian Flores' image clearly with the versatility of Kyle Van Noy and Jack Lawson, but also with the man coverage skills, the press man coverage skills of Byron Jones. Yes. So um, it, it, it's really is, it's a defense that's, that's being remade in Brian Flores's image for him to sort of take over and make into what he's always wanted it to be and couldn't obviously because he had a bunch of guys off the street last year. Yeah. 30 million guaranteed for Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, I mean they're close, aren't they? 
I mean, yeah. Brian Flores, Kyle Van Noy. This is right. Why one of the reasons we, 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 talk we talked about this? We talked about this before. There were, you know, those two are barbecues and ball games. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, we sleep over first, his house. Yeah, yeah. One of the first episodes that we did talking about the off season, uh, I think I asked the question, and both of you agreed. Like, is it just as easy as Brian Flores and Kyle Van Noy are like really good friends? That they're, they're actual like actual friends, and that it could happen. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it did happen. And you know, it's the friends and family program. But this is a guy that can play football. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. And I guess you could just put the C on his chest. He's the the new captain on the defense. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. I would say so. So yeah, uh, what a day! What a day! Mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost afraid to end the podcast, but we will because who knows what might be coming down the pike in the next four or five minutes. Trent Williams rally, something like that. <laughs> Probably Trent Williams and I Melvin mean, that Gordon. Would be the day. You know? No. Who knows? I, I will say this. Kyle Van Noy bucks the trend a little bit. He's 29. He's almost 30. He's going to yes. turn 30 in, in June. Yeah, but I will leave you with this. There are tweets out there right now in Twitterland that had the Jets in on Tooney, Shaq Lawson, Byron Jones, <laughs> and now Cal Vanoy. Right, and, and Conklin got, as well. Hasn't Conklin gone to the Browns? Yes, and Conklin too. That's five guys that Gase oh, swung on. And Nobody wants to play for Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. That's five. Like, that's epic. I've never seen that before in my life. How do you miss on five guys? Ooh, but they did. That's tough. Yeah. That's well, we don't want to end the podcast, but we must because – who knows what co- what's coming down the pike in the next two or three days? Yeah, you know, we'll probably have to circle back and just add an addendum to the podcast. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they pull off something bigger than what they've already done, and we'll do an emergency podcast. But for now, that's it. There is no more. You will hear from us as you need us. If not, you will hear from us next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.